Thank you guys so much for coming to the final percent podcast. And I am doing this kind of speakers before the speakers circuit going on. This guy is coming to the final percent summit. And this is the real Jason Duncan. Thank you so much for coming, man. I appreciate you. Wow. I, I've been on a lot of podcasts. I don't think anybody has ever screamed my name at the beginning. That's pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> hey, I, I had to I had to do something special for you because you know we're we're joining forces to change lives at the upcoming summit. Uh, we got to meet each other about a year ago now. And there's just there's something one of the things I, I teach a lot is I say there's a, there's a phrase that's more powerful than I love you. And that phrase is I just know. And when I met you, I just knew I needed to know more. I just knew that we're going to do something together. I just knew that, man, you're the real deal. You are someone who is that what I call, you know, people I surround myself with. You are a catalyst of change and watching you at you know our speakers dinner when we were in nashville and we were hanging out with you know tim story and sharon lecter that was the first time and we and just so you guys know we just got done with part one on the of this on the uh it's the root of all success right that's that right is, that is the real J jason duncan's podcast and you know he knew tim's story before so i i meet this guy for the first time at bonefish grill and I mean, he's just a master of conversation and he's talking to Tim and he's talking to Sharon. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, this is this is cool. And I'm a big person who says, you know, words lie, energy doesn't. And Jason just has great energy. And, and especially if you can get in the room with him, uh, he's just he's the real deal. And he he cares about taking people to the next level and you know we've kept in touch and i feel very honored to have you at the summit to kind of help people you know see a new perspective and 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 equip people to go to places that you are you know an absolute ninja at getting people to um so i'm just going to kind of break things open really quick um, and one of the things that just absolutely jumped out at me that I, I need to know more is you said the words, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I, I have to get more because I think, you know, there's other people out there who are going, am I an entrepreneur? Am I not an entrepreneur? Should I? Should I not? And I think hearing that story could help, you know, someone somewhere get the courage to take a chance on themselves by hearing your story. So let's jump into accidental entrepreneur right now. Cause I'm, I love that phrase. It's fantastic. Well, my, I, my story goes back to um, when I was in high school, my, I really intended to go to art college. I, I wanted to design cars for a living as an industrial designer, got accepted to two, uh, pretty prestigious art schools. And that was really, that was the plan. I was going to go do that. But I was a counselor at church camp as a kid every single summer that I was able to be a counselor. And I went to, I was at camp all the time. And I had this moment one summer, I think it was the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. 
And I was kind of laying on the grass, kind of out in the field in the middle of the night. All the campers had gone to bed. All the counselors were still hanging out, talking like we normally do, looking up at the stars, contemplating the meaning of life. And I, I, and I just had this feeling at that moment that I really wanted to dedicate my life to pouring into others rather than designing cars. As much as I love cars, I'm still a huge car guy today, motorcycle guy with multiple motorcycles. I love to go riding and I want to buy more. <laughs> like I, yeah. I still love that's part of who I am. But I really at that moment made a decision. I've got to do something different. I want to pour into other people. And so to that end, I, I, I did not take those two uh, offers to go to art school. I ended up going to a private Christian university, got a degree in Bible, spent the next 13 years in ministry, did youth ministry, preaching ministry. Um, and then I also sold health and life insurance kind of on the side to kind of to make, make the, you know, pay the bills. Yeah. But, but I, that was my first career, right? Just pouring into people that way. And then um, I got really burnt out on the whole religious institutional machine. I, I just didn't like it anymore. I didn't think it was living up to what I thought in my perception of what Jesus taught us to do as disciples. And, and so I thought, well, what can I do that will really pour into people? So I, I I thought, well, go be a teacher. So I went back to college, got a master's in education, started teaching school, and I fell in love. And I found my superpower. I know on 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 uh, my podcast that we just we just recorded that people need to go back and listen to that at therootofallsuccess.com. And we talked about how you started a school and how I, I also now have a school. But mm -hmm. this idea of teaching, I found my superpower, just like you found your superpower. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So how did I become an accidental entrepreneur if I'd found my calling? Mm. In 2010, 2011, uh, the Great Recession started hitting um, the education departments across the country pretty hard. And I was not tenured. I was the last guy hired in the building. I was the number one teacher in my county by, by test scores. Like I was a model teacher. And, uh, but, but when it came down to having to make budget cuts, I didn't get my contract renewed for the following school year and could, I was devastated. I didn't know what I was going to do. I couldn't find a teaching job anywhere to save my life. So I thought, okay, I guess I'm just going to start a business. <laughs> I mean, what else do you do? Right. So I did. And I gave myself a deadline and I said, August the 15th, that would, be, I found out in April. Like that was, I was not going to be teaching anymore at come the fall, but on August 15th was my deadline. I made myself because that's the last paycheck I was going to get from the County. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to give a run at this business thing. I think I can sell led lighting to commercial buildings. I don't know anything about lighting, but I know how to sell. And I know this will make sense. I can do this. And sure enough on August the 12th, three days before my self-imposed deadline, I landed what turned out to be, not immediately, but what turned out to be a $2.3 million contract for the hospital. Wow. And that, it was my foray into accidental entrepreneurialism. And I went from unemployed school teacher to millionaire, with it, it, not immediately, but over a few years of setting that business up and running it. And that's why I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. Wow. And so you just, you just immediately started realizing what was possible. So it's just like, okay, you know, where else can I build? Um, I think you and I, because we, we operate in similar spaces, we, we, we tend to have people uh, talk a lot about sales. And I think that's, you know, that is one of the things I get asked about all the time. How do I sell? How do I become a better salesperson? How do I do this? What are some of, cause I love, you know, not only stealing other people's like nuggets because, you know, 
we're, we're all just as good as the information and experiences that we have. Um, but I think that that's just something that can really help people immediately. Cause we're always selling, you know, selling our wife on whether or not we need another motorcycle. Um, but you know, what are some of when you're helping businesses, give me just a couple of your sales uh, nuggets, because I think that those things are just, they're, they're a little bit like an energy drink for an entrepreneur. If you get a new sales nugget, you can take parts of your life just up a couple of notches. So give us some of your sales uh, nuggets. All right. I'm going to give you, I got two and I, and, the, and this is fresh on my mind because this just this morning, uh, one of my coaching clients, I coached their entire sales team and they, uh-huh. uh, they're a pretty large um, hardscape and pool development company here in the Middle Tennessee area. And I was coaching them. So, the, and, and these are, these are things I talk about all the time. So let me give you two. The first one is there are only four reasons why anybody buys anything like period okay. you, your purple shirt that you're wearing right now, this, the mixing equipment behind you, the pictures on the wall behind me, if you guys are watching on YouTube or whatever, like the only reason any of those things were ever purchased or one of the four or multiples of the four relationship need, timing, money. That's it. Relationship, need, timing, or money. And relationship is about the goodwill and trust that someone has in their product, a company, or a service. It's not about whether or not, it's not just about whether you like the person, although that's part of it. It's like, I've bought stuff from people I didn't like because I have a relationship with a company or I have a relationship Mm -hmm. with a product, right? So relationship isn't just about buddy, buddy, chum, chum. Relationship, need. Then second one's need. Need is about perceived value. Mm-hmm. It's about does this thing improve my life to the point that I would part with money? Yeah. Like, is the value of this better than the money in my pocket? Mm-hmm. And if it is, need is created. And then sometimes it's just because I like it. You know, I, I just want it, and and that's need as well. It's a perceived value. And then third is timing. Timing is the thing that salespeople have the least control over. But I have lost deals, more deals on timing than anything else. Time kills deals. That's what we know as salespeople. And so timing, if you don't discover timing early in the process when you're reaching out to people to try to sell them something, you're probably going to miss the opportunity. Even if relationship need and money are all present, if timing, timing can throw a deal out the window. You've got to figure that out early. And then the fourth thing is money. And most people, well, that means the price. No, money is your ability to pay. Mm. So the money is like the price is in need because that's about value. But when, like, let's say I have a relationship with you, Greg, and you're selling pools, like my client sells pools, and it's a quarter of a million dollar hole in the ground with water in it that I get to put in my backyard, right? Mm-hmm. And I like you, I like the company, I have a relationship, relationship's great. Need, okay, I perceive the value at 250,000, that, that, and I, I want it, so that's perceived value. Timing, I wanna do that next summer, and that's when you can put it in, it's next summer. And then we get down to money. I don't have $250,000 and I don't have any way to borrow it. Guess what? Deal's done. So money is not about price. It's about ability to pay. So if you're going to be a salesperson, you got to know those four motivating factors for anybody buys anything, relationship, need, timing, money. So there's the, there's my theory thing, but I've got one little tip that I think you will like, Greg. And I teach this all the time. I don't know where I learned it. I don't know if I made it up. It's one of those things over time. You claim it as your own, whether or not it's yours. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And it's you called say the, it's, it's part of your philosophy. Yeah. That's right. So it's called the 222 method. Okay. The 222 method. And when you're setting appointments with prospects or clients to meet with them, you do not say, when would you like to meet? When are you available? What time do you want to meet? 
you say, I can meet with you, and then you give two options, two, two, two. I can meet with you on Tuesday or Wednesday next week, which is better. Now, the reason you give two options is because now the customer, the prospect, the person you're talking to is now only thinking about those two. But if I said to you, Greg, hey, when can we get together next week? What are you doing? You're thinking about all seven days and all appointments. But if I said, hey, Tuesday or Wednesday, which day is better for you to talk? Now you're only thinking about Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so that's, a, that's the first two. The second two is once they pick the day, so let's say they say Tuesday, Tuesday, all right, morning or afternoon. Again, you're narrowing it because if they just say Tuesday and you're like, what time Tuesday? Now they're running through their entire day where if you just say morning or afternoon, their morning would be better. Okay, two, 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 two days, two options for morning or afternoon. And then the final one is two times. All right, you said morning, nine or 10, which is better. Binary options are the way to close more deals and set more appointments. Two, two, two. I love that. And here's, and I just want to be really clear with this is why I love working with, with people like Jason Duncan. I mean, just to be very clear, guys, I just, I was taking notes the whole time. And if you want to watch this on, uh, on YouTube, you can see me taking notes and I'm just going to go back through my takeaways because literally I have not heard these before. And I think they're incredibly important. Um, time kills deals. Talk about just, I mean, you guys can just stop listening right now and you're welcome for the value, like already exceeded whatever you need, because that right there, when you start realizing how powerful that is, but you know, and then I was like, wow, that's good. Then Jason, of course, decides to go ahead and one up himself. The money in that equation is the ability to pay. It's not about price. And so many people keep trying to like lower their price, finagle with their price, but they're just talking to the wrong people. The people they're talking to just, they don't have the money or they're not equipped yet. I think that money is about the ability to pay, not about price. That is absolute gold. And then the binary options that guys, you, you need to follow this guy, the, the real Jason Duncan. It's, it's his handle on, on Instagram. Um, and then it's the real Jason Duncan.com. And, and don't give me, don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not wrapping this thing yet. I just, I want to keep plugging this to make sure I force it into your head that you need to connect with this guy. Cause that right there, I mean, that just made you more money than, you know, a college education will. If you get those two things just in, in your head, that's incredibly uh, powerful. We, in the, in our conversation on your podcast, we talked about these, these five P's that you talked about and people really kept coming up. I mm-hmm. would, I would love to hear, you know, your top three people that changed your life. Let, let me hear your who story. You know, this, this happened, this happened, this happened. It could be a mentor. It could be, you know, meeting your wife it could be you could keep it business business you can keep it family and and just to be clear because i've been blown up in the past because we live in the stupid cancel culture age when someone picks something it does not mean that they don't like everything else if he wants to keep it business and you don't hear him say his wife 
then you, you don't 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 go attack someone because he's trying to give you guys some value. I think everybody knows that the the wife is unbelievably important, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to help you because if you out there have a wife, you already know this. Um, but I'm looking for stories behind the who that made the real Jason Duncan become real and and transcend the fake world we live in. Well, um, so Greg, I, I, uh, I've been on, like I said, a moment ago, I've been on a lot of podcasts and not a single person has interviewed me on my five P's or any part of them. And as you were asking me that question, I'm having this, Oh crap moment because I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that. And so I'm running through my brain, like, who is the who? Well, here's the thing. So I, so I, so I have three, I have three people because you asked for three. three. And again, because you gave me the option, that's what I started thinking about. Yeah. Because if you'd have just said top 10, like I couldn't think of top 10, but yeah. here's my three. When I went to, when I was going to church camp, it was Camp Christian in Burns, Tennessee, right outside of Western Asheville. Um, there was a group that came for a retreat that, and I don't remember their names, honestly. So I can't even tell you specifically who, but there was this group that came and they led the retreat that weekend. And they were all about how to make an impact in your schools for Christ. And I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I, I love, I've loved Jesus have my whole life. So that's just part of who I am. And, and that group, their influence on me, I think, was probably the primary influence for me to when I laid on my back that night at summer camp and made the decision because that was those were at two different events. Like the group came on a retreat and then I'm laying there on my back at the summer camp in the, at the middle of the night looking at the stars, talking with other people. I think their influence over me probably was the thing that changed my life from going into art school, going into ministry. So that's that's one um, the second one, I think, is there's a guy and he and his wife, uh, uh, Jeff and Tammy McNeely. And I actually haven't said their names out loud in a long time or thought about them because it, it's just from so long ago. But I was a, when I was in ministry, they, they were part of our friends group um, at, at one of the churches where I was a youth minister in Louisiana back in the 90s, late 90s. And uh, when Kurt Hurricane Katrina hit in 05, I was actually a minister here in the Nashville area, and I reached out to um, Jeff and Tammy and their friends about, like, hey, did the hurricane hit you guys? Because they were just an hour north of New Orleans. I said, can I come down? Can we bring a group to do some, you know, relief work for Hurricane Katrina? And as you, as you and your listeners know, that was a, it was a pretty big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So in 2005, we went down there and uh, spent a week you know, work and clean up hurricane. But I had a conversation on the way out of town with Jeff and Tammy at their home. And it, it that, that conversation, even though it wasn't the point of the conversation, but the conversation I had with them was the thing that made me contemplate over the next nine hours as I drove back to Nashville, I can't do this ministry thing anymore. I got to go somewhere where I can make a difference. So their conversation, whether they intended or like it, that wasn't the point of the conversation, but they were the people that probably made me more than anything else, make the decision to leave ministry for vocational ministry to move into something else. And then the third, the third who, again, these are funny because I, I haven't thought about these people or said their names out loud in so long, but there was a guy named Bill Sasher 
Um, Bill was a, a f- kind of a part of a friend group within our churches that we knew. He lived a couple hours away from me. And he was kind of the way I describe him. He was a grandfatherly kind of mad scientist guy, great bubbly attitude, fresh pr- approach to life, had been a very successful business person and had lost in business. And he called me up and it was in 2010 back. This is why I started my company. He called me up in 2010 and he said, I want to, I want to start a company with you. I want to do this thing in hydrogen and ethanol. And I'm like, Bill, I'm teaching school, man. I love teaching school. I'm not interested in doing business. I, I don't have any, any, any part. I don't want any part of that. And he convinced me otherwise, because he knew I was good at sales. And he thought, at least he thought I had a better business mind than he did, whether that's true or not, who knows. But <clears throat> so reluctantly, we started this company in 2010 called Future Vision Energy. And he had this mad scientist idea to develop a hydrogen generator for cars and he could make ethanol steels. And just fun fact, the last two ethanol steels we built and sold were to Firefly uh, Distillery in Charleston, South Carolina. So there's a chance that Firefly Vodka could be made in a still that I made in my garage. But oh, that's wow, kind that's of a, cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but I tell people that. <laughs> so, but, uh, but in, in any case, Bill Sasher was that guy that actually kind of pulled me reluctantly into entrepreneurialism. And then that, that was in 2010. And that following April is when my principal said, eh, I'm sorry, you can't come back in the fall. And that's when I made the decision to take the company from this energy weird thing. And Bill and I separated at that point. Um, I wanted to go do LED lighting as the energy thing. And, and, and I took it and, and, you know, made it until multi-made our company as a result. But those are the three people that probably had the biggest impact on my, on my life and making some huge changes from one career to the next. So one of, one of the things on that, just my takeaway, and I think that it can really help people out there is that original church camp. You said that it changed the entire trajectory of your life, but also you have no idea who they were. You have no idea that. And I think, I think people need to remember just how much of an impact we can make, and maybe we don't even know it. And so, you know, choose, choose to step up, choose to be there for people, because I mean, you never know how much of a difference you can make in someone's life. And I just, you know, in the who, I just think that that is such a fantastic story, because you're like, look, I don't even remember, like, what group it was. I just remember, like, this life-altering, life-trajectory-changing moment. And, you know, you don't necessarily remember them. They don't necessarily remember you because there's probably a bunch of kids and they've probably done multiple camps. But lives were changed forever. I just think that's so beautiful. So you never know who you're affecting or infecting. And I use that word deliberately. So, you know, choose kindness and, and move forward with that. Um, so while you're going through this idea of, all right, I've got to, you know, transition, you know, for the third time, I've built a, the, this multi-million dollar company. Um, let's talk a little bit about this idea. And I, I love what you're saying because it's, I think it's so needed and it's so necessary because so many people Number one, need this, but don't know that it exists or that they need it. But no one else is really talking about this. So many people say, hey, let's sell, let's, let's sell your business. Let's pump up the valuation. Let's this. Or, hey, you know, you got to quit that business and join my business. But you have this idea of exit 
without exiting. Can you talk to me a little bit about exiting without exiting? Because I just, you know, I know the the uh, framework a little bit, um, but I just think, you know, there's probably some people out there right now that need to give you a call, and I would like them to understand what that means. Well, I um, that is the central message in my mission right now is to really help entrepreneurs understand that there isn't that that they need to transfer from business owner to entrepreneur. Yeah. Like they're stuck operating day to day. They're stuck not having the freedom of time and energy and the money freedom, even though they might make a lot of money as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, they don't have the freedom to do with it, what they want, when they want, where they want, with whom they want, because they are, have inadvertently become their own employee. Mm-hmm. Like they've become the hero of their own business. And I did that for seven years. Mm-hmm. I started what, what was originally Future Vision Energy. And then we rebranded the company to Energy Lighting Services, which is, I still own the company to this day. Um, but but when, I, when I took that company, it was, seven, it was seven years of me being the key employee, me being the, the main and best sales guy me being the guy who counted the light bulbs and, and buildings all over the United States, me being the guy that made the deals with the vendors, me being the guy who hired every single person. And like, I did, I did it all and I was good at it. And I built a multi-million dollar company, but here's the deal. I was making really good money and still am, but I was required. An employee should be indispensable. An entrepreneur should be dispensable. Like you, wow. if you're the employee, you want to be indispensable to your boss. You want to make sure that he or she never, ever wants to work without you. But as the entrepreneur, your job is to be dispensable. Your job is to not be required every single That's day. Powerful. Because if not, you're just, you're just a high powered, I mean, a high paid employee. You're just as much subject to the rules and regulations of ownership of entrepreneur, or excuse me, of employees and being an employee as anybody else is. So when I like seven years in, I had this. Uh, you you had and we talked about on my podcast this lemonade moment, which people need to go listen to my podcast at the root of all success.com to hear that. But you had that epiphany. I had an epiphany, and mine was kind of on the heels of a partner divorce, which I know that you we talked about in yours. You went through a partner divorce. Yeah, those and are just kind really of woke. easy. They're nice and smooth. Oh, 100%. There, there, there's nothing that ever goes wrong. Uh, actually, if there's so one I, thing that's even worse than a divorce, it might be those. <laughs> well, I, uh, I actually have a, 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 a co- one of the courses I teach in my complete startup guide for entrepreneurs at resultsuniversity.org. It's called There's No Such Thing as a Co-Founder. And it's all about this concept of who, who really is the founder, and who's supposed to be running things. And it, it, it's born mostly out of my experiences. But anyway, I, I digress. But I, but I had this epiphany. And, and it was on the heels of the partner divorce. And I kind of woke up and I went, wait a minute. Like I could, what if I was the owner investor rather than the owner operator? What if I was the guy who was the investor in the business, so to speak, whether it's time, energy, money, whatever it happens to be, but I'm not the operator of the business. How, and most people refer to that as an absentee owner, but, but that's kind of the concept. And so I started working on how to develop systems, processes, you know, procedures, SOPs, so that my team that I had built a fantastic, listen, my employees at ELS are some of the most amazing people in the world. And we're in the service business. We do electrical work. And so we're hiring 
you know, contractors, electricians, and, and, and those are some hard people to manage from time to time, but we'll get people come into our monthly team meetings and look around the first team that time they've ever been there. Like, Holy crap. I've never worked for a company like this. And I built that culture on purpose because mm-hmm. now that I've stepped away from day-to-day operations, the team, the team knows what to do. I don't have to be there to do it. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of morphed into this, exit without exiting because most entrepreneurs think that the exit is when you sell it. But what if you, that's a complete exit, a financial and a physical exit. But what if you just exit physically and not financially? What if you kept the financials, but you exit physically? And that's what I teach people to do. And they love it. Now, some people, they want to walk away physically and financially, and that's fine. Maybe, maybe you can get a check stroke to you for a few million dollars and that's okay. But what if, you could set your business up to be a long-term passive income source for you. Mm. And then you could go do what you really want to do. Mm. Start another business like you, you went from KMG life, KMG Academy to, to the final percent. Now you're, mm-hmm. and, and, and you didn't get rid of the business. You still oh. own it. Right? Exactly right. So that's, that's exit without exiting. And, and to that end, I coach that's, that's all I do. Right. I, all of my coaching is on that concept. If you are an entrepreneur who wants to figure out how to exit without exiting, get out of the day-to-day operations, get out of the weeds, still own the business, still have the tax benefits. That's what I coach you to do. See, and I think that's great. And I think that's why maybe there's, there's, and, and to be clear, I think all my listeners know this, just so everyone knows if there's any part of this that's resonating with you, he's a thousand percent better at it than I am. So you need to call him and not me. I'm much more of a life coach and a mindset coach in the vein of Tony Robbins. But these these systems, the processes, the procedures, the experience, the framework that he has is just it's fantastic. So if if you're out there and you you need the 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 rocket fuel, you've got the rockets, you finally have made the decision, but you need the fuel so that you can start taking action. I need you to get a hold of the real Jason Duncan um, because he's great. One of my takeaways from that that I just I want everyone to hear that I wish I would have heard this term before, but changing from owner operator to owner investor man that and it's just such a different it's kind of like and this is how profound this distinction should shift your mindset on running a business you let me know if a wife is different than a girlfriend okay yeah the title matters you know the expectations are different but there's there's so many people who would like to exit but again it's you don't trust your employees or yourself to not be there and there's there's a fair amount of things that need to happen for it to be a good process because i think we both have seen companies where the owner tries to leave but because they were the star employee uh the business just crashes to the ground so you have to be able to install and instill a mindset a a philosophy the systems and and very important a culture so I just, I think that that is, is fantastic. Um, so if you're going to give someone advice, let's, let's say that you are talking to uh, someone for the first time. Let's say you're talking to, to Greg, you know, I don't know what version this would be because I feel like I'm on like Greg 33.0 right now, but let's say you're going to talk to Greg 20.0 and I'm thinking about strategically adjusting what, I do and who I am in KMG. 
what are some of the what are some of the the questions that you need answered to make sure that someone's a good fit to work with you? Well, I think that in terms of good fit is you've got to understand and desire the that what exiting without exit without exiting would get you. Because if you are and, and this happens from time to time, I'll talk to people who are entrepreneurs, business owners, and I'll say, hey, this is what I do. This is what my coaching is. And they'll look me dead in the eye and, and, and they'll say, listen, I am living my ideal life right now. Everything is absolutely fantastic. I'm good. Like I've got the freedom of time, energy, money that I want. I'm running my business. I love it. I don't want to do anything else. And, and I will I will always push back a little. But if that's really, really, really true in what they say, then they're not my guy. They're not yeah. my girl. And that happens rarely. Yeah. Because most people are liars. They are the hero <laughs> of their business. And they say, Jason, I love, listen, I, and, and, and I've, I've got, I've got, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away because I don't want that person to think I'm talking about them publicly, but I've, I've got a person in my atmosphere. We'll just call it that when I first talked to this person, I'm not going to identify male or female, but when I was first talked to this person, they said what I just said to you, love it. I, I love what I do. I'm thinking maybe five years from now, I'll be, I'll be out. I'll be, I'll be ready. And I looked back and I said, are you telling me the truth? And or some version of that. Like, are you, are you sure? Because if, if between now and that five-year time period that you set arbitrarily, because you, you and I both know you just picked that out of the air. You don't yeah. have a plan. Like if you really could live your ideal life now, why would you wait five years? Yeah. And you know, and they were like, Huh. And now they're a client of mine and they're working towards a faster exit than five years. Yeah. I had another guy who was, uh, and, and this person's not, you know, I don't mind talking about him, but he was a, a, a CPA, a very successful CPA, ready to get ready to retire, which for him, he, you know, he's at the end of the career, wants to sell his business. And he, he called me, like he reached out to me. I didn't reach out to him. And he's like, I, you know, I've done great. I'm on a two to year plan, two to three year plan to get ready to sell my business. I heard you're the guy to talk to went to get ready to exit. I'm like, yes, I'm the guy to talk to, but why are you waiting three years? Mm. Like what, what's going to happen in the next three years? Like what, what, what magical thing is going to occur in the next three years that will then finally make you ready to take a big check. Here's what I know is going to happen in three years. You're going to work 50 to 60 hour weeks. You're going to make a lot of money because you're going to have no free time to do what you want. Mm -hmm. Maybe a few vacations here and there might take a weekend off every once in a while, but I know what CPAs do. And I know that you're going to work hard. Wouldn't you like to start that exit sometime in the next nine months and still mm -hmm. maintain ownership of the business? And he was like, yeah, I think, I think so. So yeah. like the person that I want to work with has to agree with that. I'm not going to yeah. force. listen, if you, if you're living your ideal life, more power to you, man, go for it. If you're operating and you love it, but most people who say that are lying and they're not doing it on purpose. They just yeah. don't know there's an option. They yeah. don't know that you can exit without exiting. Yeah. I think, you know, I found that with, uh, with two people or with on, on two sides of the coin. When, when I talk to people, they will, you know, give me the, the, the pushback. And so we'll go back and forth on whether coaching's for them or, you know, services, whatever it is. And so we'll go back and forth and I'll finally get them to understand next steps. And then they agree. And this is for all those sales ninjas out here. If you really want to take your game up a notch, 
after you challenge them on saying no, right when they say yes, challenge them on the yes. So when they say, yeah, no, let's do this. Are you sure? I want, if you ask again, they're like, wait a minute, I just said yes. So many really young salesmen wear people down and then force them into buyer's remorse. And I, I'm a big person in the right fit, making sure that people are, are working on the right things. And remember, as salespeople, we're never trying to say like a hard no. We're never turning a no into a yes. We're turning a maybe into a yes and a yes into right now. Those are, those are the only things that we're actually trying to make sure that we can identify. And I think that what Jason is, is doing is getting into the psychology of the people that he's working with and really helping them understand. This is the second part of the thing I was talking about, what freedom actually is. Because we live in a capitalist society, we tend to think that freedom is directly related to money. But what he's asking is, okay, cool. You, you get, you get all the money in the world. That's great. But do you have geographical freedom? Can you just go wherever you want? Do you have time freedom? Do you have expression freedom? Can you walk into your, your, uh, uh, your business and tell everybody what political party that you're from? Now I'm not advocating that anyone do that right now in this current state of affairs, but if you don't feel comfortable doing that, you do not have freedom of expression. And so I think the idea of freedom, and that's what, you know, exit without exiting is all about, is connecting all of the freedoms together. And when people think that they're free, and all Jason's doing is raising their awareness. We talked about this on his uh, podcast on how important awareness is, because a lot of people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And when he asks questions, when he fights for you, not with you. Sometimes it feels like with, but that's what a good coach does. Um, he raises your awareness level so that you go, oh, okay, that's what you're getting at. That's, 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 I think it's important for people to remember, look, the hero of Star Wars was Luke Skywalker. Your coach is not meant to be Luke Skywalker. You are Luke Skywalker of your own story. Your coach is Yoda. He teaches you how to use your lightsaber so you can fight your own damn battles. We don't, a coach is not meant to stand on the field. Bill Belichick never stood on the field and said, Hey, Tom Brady, give me that ball. Let me show you how to throw it. He said, no, try this play instead of the other one. But we all know Bill Belichick does not need to stand in for Tom Brady ever at quarterback. We've got to know our roles. And I think that that's one of the things that is so good getting a coach like this to help you exit and understand what an exit is because I, I, and you probably know this just as well as I do. A lot of people try to exit for all the wrong reasons. They think it's a big payday that gives them freedom and then they get money and then they're just bored. So they don't, they don't understand what everything means. And that's why I love the, the questions. Like, are you sure? Are you telling me the truth? And I love the, especially in today's day and age, everybody, everybody is lying. You know, especially all the people like there's not that many people out there that own Lamborghinis. Like, just so you guys know, most of that stuff is fake. Um, there's a reason I just I drive a truck. 
you know, and my truck has a winch and my truck goes off road. I'm from Wyoming. That is authentically me. If anyone ever sees me in a Lamborghini, I want you to know that I'm either borrowing it from somebody or it got given to me and I'm about to sell it right when it's appropriate because I don't need a Lamborghini. I need a truck. I need a Jeep. I want to be outdoors. So um, what is, let's, let's wrap this up with, give me all the ways that people can really connect with you, uh, which again, guys, I, I think you need to do. He has so many interesting guests on his stuff and he has a lot of tools that can equip you Luke Skywalker out there. That's listening to this. This is your Yoda that can help get you to, to that next level, especially the entrepreneurs who've been in their business a little bit. And, you know, you've cracked into those seven figure numbers, uh, whether that's yearly, monthly, I don't care, but you're going, how would I exit this? And I, I just, I want you to just start having that conversation with yourself, but Jason, how can we connect with you? And then I want you to just give us one nugget at the end, like if you're going to tell an entrepreneur, a man, a woman, a child, a business person, I don't know what it is, but if you had one thing to tell yourself, let's say 15 years ago, that would make your life better today, what would it be? So first, how do we connect with you? And then one thing that you would tell yourself 15 years ago that would make your life immeasurably better today. And it can't be the winning Powerball numbers. That's not that's not on the table. <laughs> Dogecoin. Dogecoin I, I know, right? I, I would put uh, $5 into Dogecoin and I would retire. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, the best way to get in touch with me, um, if you just want to go read about who I am, is at my website, therealjasonduncan.com. And that's D-U-N-C-A-N. It's like Duncan Hines, not like Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts is a verb. So yeah. Duncan, my name, Jason Duncan, the real Jason Duncan.com. But I'm on, I'm very active on Instagram and LinkedIn at the same handles, you know, the real Jason Duncan at either place. You can find me YouTube, same thing. I've got a YouTube channel there where I do videos all the time. One of my series on YouTube that I do is called what not to do as an entrepreneur. And uh, it's kind of this counter, I counterintuitive ideas of what entrepreneurs think they should do and then what you really shouldn't do. And it's based on real world experience, but those are, those are ways to get in touch with me. And then if you're interested in the exit with uh, the exit accelerator coaching cohort, uh, you can obviously get to that through my website, but you can go directly to it at rticoach.com, rticoach.com. That stands for results through integrity, which is and my, then, which And is you also company. do, you pick one person that you'll coach uh, every so often or something. What explain that? Yeah. So, so one of the, one of the things that I believe, and I appreciate you bringing this up and I talk about this on my podcast. One of the things I believe is that entrepreneurs are the ones who really change the world. And of course, that's why I coach. That's why I own eight businesses, by the way. And the only business that I'm active in is RTI, my coaching company, because I believe that it changes the world. And I'm all my other companies are set up to where I don't have to be involved day to day. I've, I exited them a long time ago, or I started them without my, my need to be there. Yeah. So, so I believe that entrepreneurs change the world. Now I charge for coaching, like my cohort, you got to pay to get in that. I do masterminds. You got to pay to get it. If you want one-on-one, -on -one, you have to really pay for that because that takes a lot of time. Right. So, mm -hmm. but I do one free session a week for one entrepreneur somewhere around the world, no matter if they're just starting, they've been in it a while or they're a billionaire. It doesn't matter. I go through, I give you one session one time a week for one person and you go to the real slash free coaching and you can sign up for that. And, and my team picks one person a week on a Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, 
I do one session by Zoom and I help you work through that one issue. And that's kind of a way that I just give back to the entrepreneurial community. And then the rest of my coaching costs money. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. So, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of knowledge in your brain. One of the things Tony Robbins says a lot, and I think that this is important for people to understand when they're experiencing a coach or they're thinking about a coach. Um, when you get the right coach, you you compress decades into days. That's absolutely, and I'm not claiming that one. That is 100% of Tony Robbins thing. If anybody on planet Earth has said that to you and doesn't give Tony Robbins credit, they are stealing it from him. He said it maybe 10,000 times. Actually, probably more than 10,000 times with how much he speaks. But Jason is one of those people who can compress decades into days, and that knowledge is incredibly valuable. It goes back to the the when Picasso was doodling at his table and uh, he did this beautiful mountainscape just on on a on a, like a napkin or his little drawing board at a at a, a coffee shop and this girl goes over to Picasso and and says uh, oh my god that is so beautiful can I have that and uh, he says yeah that's absolutely it's $25,000 and she goes I just watched you do that in, in 15 20 minutes why is it $25,000 and he goes madam it took me 30 years to be able to do that in 15 or 20 minutes. So if you want it, that's what it costs. And he knew his value. And so, you know, if you're an entrepreneur out there, understand, I truly believe this. You have two options. Never, ever compromise your price. And just like we, we found out earlier from the real Jason Duncan, um, money is the ability to pay. Most people are not really concerned with price. That is I am a thousand percent stealing that, but just so you guys know, anyone out there, I will always give the people credit that I steal stuff from, but the ability is, is, is just whether or not you can pay. So if you're great at what you do out there, I invite you charge what you're worth or do it for free. Do not compromise, show up and be a servant and help someone and just be that ass kicker for their life and the coach and the mentor. And then you know, help them understand the value of you, but don't hold it over their head. Just give it to them for free. Trust me, it comes back. It's just, it's, it's weird the way abundance works. You give it out, it comes back like a hundredfold. Or just charge what you're worth. And when they're ready to buy the Ferrari, they'll know where you're at because they know your price, they'll come do it. But don't be the guy who knows he's a Ferrari and then all of a sudden, magically you have a deal and oh, it's civic prices now for one day only. Also, if you call me tomorrow and any other day, don't do that. No compromising who you are for, for, for what you do just to get what you want. Um, all right, Jason, the one thing you're gonna tell yourself 15 years ago to make your life immeasurably better today, what would that be? I would teach myself this, that wealth is not in the accumulation of money, but in the flow of money. Mm. So if you look at the etymology of wealth and where it came from, it actually means flow. It does not mean accumulation. And that is the difference between wow. people who have money and people who have cash flow because cash flow is where true success lies. It's listen, you can have all the money in the world and be a hermit and stay in your bedroom and never give it away. Never make the world a better place. You're not wealthy. You're just poor with a lot of money. If you're wealthy, you're going to have flow. And how do you get flow? It's by passive income. 
People mm. don't think it exists. It absolutely exists. That's what I teach people to do every day. Exit without exiting. You can yeah. set up all of your businesses as passive income so that cash is flowing. That's when you become wealthy. If you want to be generationally wealthy, like changing generations, you could win the Powerball or buy the Dogecoin at five percent, you know, five dollars and make a hundred billion. <laughs> right? That's that's fine. Or what if you had every bill, every need, ever, ever that you and your family need paid for through passive income for the next ten years? Yeah, that's wealth. All right, and just like that, Jason, the real Jason Duncan uh, decides to just drop the mic. That was that was so good. I I love you know, those, pla those practical applications like that, because, you know, you, you hear a lot about, oh, I wish I would not focus so much on this. And I wish I would spend more time with this. Well, that's obvious, but that, that the flow idea, instead of accumulation, I think if more people can really get into that mindset, wrap their head around that and start uh, another P in the real Jason Duncan's five P's is preparation. And if you can prepare yourself to understand and, 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 and plan, there's another P that he has uh, for the flow of money. Uh, I mean, you are going to be like he said, generational generationally wealthy and so anyway without further ado guys go follow him on instagram the real jason duncan go check him out please the root of all success uh his podcast and then i was just on his podcast um and i'm just telling you he's going to come uh, speak at the summit and you're going to get to exchange with him you're going to get to ask him ideas challenge his ideas debate his ideas people like us we don't care we just want to have the conversation and the connection that's what life is all about and I know he practices what he preaches. So Jason, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your knowledge. I, I literally, guys, I have, you can't really see it on that, but I have a full page of notes after talking to this dude. This is so awesome. Um, and so guys connect uh, with this guy, uh, follow him and, and come see us at the summit. But Jason, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you going the final percent with me today. It's an honor. Thanks for letting me be here. Thanks, buddy. Oh,